believe in healing. 4 to 12, go to children's church. I believe in healing. Do you believe in healing? If you do, say it. Say, I believe in healing. Come on, all together. I believe in healing. I believe in healing. So a lot of Christians believe in healing. They say they believe in healing, but they're afraid to pray with someone. They're afraid to pray with somebody because they're worried that it won't work. What if, I, what if, what if it doesn't work, right? Or, or you think they're going to get sicker if you pray with them and, they don't, and it doesn't work, right? So what if it does? What if, what if you pray and it does work, right? So we've got nothing to lose and we've got everything to gain. Imagine what happens if you pray and they do get healed. Imagine that right there. So, so we have nothing to lose. So I'm going to be real brief with you today. I just brought a little bit because I want you to retain everything that I give you today, right? Because I can bring 10 or 12 things and I can give them to you. And you're going to remember one or two things that I brought to you out of the 10 or 12 things, right? We're going to make a series out of this instead of making them, instead of putting it all in one. So if I give you one or two things, hopefully, and I'm, it's not just you, it's, it's, I'm, it's everybody does this. If you tell me one thing, I can probably remember that one thing, right? But if you tell me 10 things, I'm probably going to remember one or two. Right? So we're going to focus on one thing today. We're going to focus on I believe in healing and why I believe in healing. Right? And if you don't believe in healing or if you do, or healing, or if you do believe in healing, I'm going to show it to you in the Word today because I have a lot of Scripture today because I want to prove to you that it's not just some crazy bald-headed preacher up here talking today about healing. It's in the Bible. It's biblical, right? We say we believe in the Bible, but a lot of us don't know where things are at in the Bible, right? Or we haven't read the whole thing, so we need to get in and, and, and dig in and do this thing. So I have a lot of Scripture today. And I'd like for you to take notes. If you've got a notebook, if you've got a pen, there's pens back there, take notes. Write in your Bible. Underline things. Go back and read these things. Oh, these are foundational scriptures. If you believe in healing, this is where they come from right here. This is why we believe in healing. This is the things that we do. So if you believe in this, go back and read these scriptures over and over and over again all week long. Right? We're going to start getting to these on Wednesday nights, too. We're going to have a study on Wednesday night. I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But go back and read those things for yourself because you know what happens when you read them for yourself? It's more than just your pastor. Your pastor, pastor, did you hear that, Sister Tanya? Pastor, she likes to call me a pastor. <laughs> it's more than just your pastor reading them to you, though. It becomes a firsthand experience. When you have a firsthand experience with something, you're a lot more apt to believe in that thing, right? So we're going to start right off with Scripture today. Matthew 10, we're going to read 1, and then we're going to go to 5 through 8. Right? So, and when he had called his 12 disciples, I want to start right off with the definition. Don't y'all love definitions? Write this down if you're taking notes. A disciple is a learner or a pupil. Wouldn't that be a Christian? A Christian, by definition, is a follower of Jesus Christ, someone who follows Christ. Christian. So, a learner or a pupil. That's what we're doing here today, right? We came to learn. Any of y'all come expecting something today? You expect God to change your life through this today? Don't receive this as from me. Receive it from God, as it's from God because God gave us this word. It's not, it's not my words that we're talking about today. So his, as he called his learners, right, as he called his disciples to him, he, he being Jesus, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Read it with me today. He gave them power over what? Unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. What did he send them out to do? To heal. To cast out foul spirits. Isn't that what it says? Who did he send? He's talking about his original 12 disciples right here in this. Because verses uh, 2 through 4 go on to name off all those 12 disciples, right? But we'll pick up here in verse 5. I'm not going to read through the names with you and where they're from. But in verse 5 it says this. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. 
and do not enter in the city of, of the Samaritans. The Samaritans at that time were also Israelites. They, they were Jews, but they were kind of looked at as, out, as outcasts because they had, had a lot of uh, idolatry and things in their society. They had, lot, they had married uh, outside, of their, outside of their belief system, and they had a lot of people come in like Solomon had, and, a lot, and they, set up, they allowed temples to be set up, and they, and they were worshiping false gods. And a lot of the things were going on with the Samaritans. They were Jews, but he was telling them, don't go there at this time. But he says, and six says this. Got number six. But rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's sending them out to Israel, right? Come on. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I'm showing you these things today because some Christians believe that healing Speaking in tongues and things of this nature are only for the original 12 disciples. It was for the original 12 disciples. It says so right here, right? Would you agree with me on that? So 8 says this. Tell them the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, right? Read it with me. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, right? Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. These things we've received from free, for free from God, right? Any of y'all ever, ever been healed in here before? A lot of people been healed in here before, right? He names out the 12 there, and, and he, he, heals the, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, right? Now we're going to jump to Luke chapter 1 and 2. We're going to read chapters 1 and 2. Then we're going to skip to verse 17. I mean, not chapters. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Then verse 17. Then we're going to read verses 19 and 20. So he says, after these things, the Lord, Jesus, right, appointed 70 others. How many? 70. So we're not talking about just the original 12, right? We're talking about there was the, the first time he did it was the original 12. Now we're talking about 70 others and sent them two by two before his face into where? Every city and place where he himself was about to go. It wasn't just for the Jews. It wasn't just the original 12, right? Because now we're talking about 70 plus 12. There's 82. Can't be just for the original 12. Come on, sis, what does verse 2 say? Then he said to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. This word right here, harvest, this is the Bible dictionary definition of the word harvest in this context right here, is the gathering of men into the kingdom. What's he talking about here? He was sending out those 70 disciples for the gathering of men into the kingdom. Isn't that what he's talking about? He sent them out two by two to gather men into the kingdom. Are you following me? And he skip on down to 17. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. He tells them when you go out, don't take an extra cloak. Don't take money. You're going to go out and you're going to stay at the houses. You all know the story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I have a lot of scripture anyway. But then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto, your, unto us in your name. When we pray in the name of Jesus, even the demons are subject unto the 70. Why were those 70? Why, why were the demons subject unto the 70? It was delegated authority. It was because of Jesus. But why did Jesus give them? Think about this. I just caught this this morning. I've read this a hundred times, I bet you, and I hadn't caught this before. It was for what happened in verse 2. Why did he send them out? For the gathering of men into the kingdom of God, right? 
He gave us that authority for the gathering of men. He had them go out and seal, heal the sick and give sight to the blind and cast out demons for the gathering of men into the kingdom of God, right? In Jesus' name. They were subject in Jesus' name, right? And, and 19 says this. These are my favorite verses right here, 19. Luke chapter 10, 19 is my favorite. Behold, this is Jesus talking again, by the way. So when he says behold, he's saying, listen up. I want you to pay, take note of this, what I'm saying right now. He says, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Who's our enemy? Satan, the devil. He's our enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you can say, Pastor, that doesn't mean much. That's, not, that's talking about scorpions, scorpions, scorpions and, and serpents. That's talking about snakes and a bug. It used those words right there, but what he was talking about was scorpions were, were dreaded by men in the day, kind of like copperheads in our day. If you see a copperhead or a rattlesnake, you're getting away from them, right? Your skin crawls when you see it, if, if you see a rattlesnake in your yard. How'd you like to open up your closet and see one? Your skin would crawl. It would freak you out. They lived in the desert in a place where scorpions were prominent, and, and, and they were freaked out by a scorpion. They didn't have doctors in modern medicine. They could get a shot to, to counteract the, the, the venom that was put into them. They would become sick over this thing. So they'd want to get away from these things. So, and, and if you think they're just talking about snakes and bugs, let's read the next verse. Jesus talking here still. 20 says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in what? That the spirits are subject unto you. Spirits. Who's subject? The demons, the foul spirits, the devil himself. Follow me? Are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He says it's even more joyous that you're saved and you're sanctified and you're on your way to heaven. But at the same time, while we're living here on this earth, who's subject unto us? Jesus just gave us the authority back here that Adam lost. I believe in healing. I believe in healing. Right? We're going to go on. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. Anybody get anything out of this? I hope you are. I hope you're writing this down. Go home and read these things over and over and over to yourself get them down inside of you we're going to start studying the, studying some, these and some other scriptures on wednesday night too so we can have a first-hand experience <clears throat> this here's really exciting too and what is the exceeding greatness of his power his being god god's power toward us who believe who believe you believe right i believe all christians we're all part of the church we're the body of christ Right? That's where we get the scriptures that were by the body of Christ. According to the working of his mighty power. Whose mighty power? God's mighty power, right? This is God. It, it talks about when he raised Jesus from the dead. This word power right here, though, I looked this up in the concordance for you. We all know the Bible is translated from Greek and Hebrew. This word power here is the Greek word 1411. I usually don't tell you what, what, what number the word is, but I want you to remember this word right here. Greek word 1411. It means dunamis. Anyone heard of that word dunamis before? You know what dunamis means? It means strength, power, ability, miraculous power. It means power for performing miracles, right? Same power given to the 70. Yeah? Same power given to the 12. Follow me? Same power Jesus just gave to us. Are you following me? Hold on a second. Remember that word right there, dunamis. Remember that. Okay, 20 says this. Which he worked, which God worked in Christ 
when he raised him from the dead. When God raised Christ from the dead, this word dunamis, that power right there, this miraculous, miracle-working power, this is the same power that, Christ, that, that God used to raise Christ from the dead, right? And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Where's Jesus at? Seated at the right hand of God, right? Seated at the right hand of God's throne. 21. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Far above everything, right? And every name that is named. What does that mean? Think about that. And every, Jesus is seated far above every power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. Every name that we can place on anything. Cancer have a name? Yeah. Poverty have a name? Think about that. Sickness has a name. Depression has a name, you can fill in the blank. Whatever the name is, Jesus is far above it. Are you following me? All right. Every name that is named only, not only in this age, but in, in that which is also to come. And 22 says this. And he put all things under his feet, his being Jesus here. God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. What's the church? We're the church, right? Not this building. We're the church. So God rose Jesus from the dead with dunamis power, seated him at his right hand, right? Put everything else under his foot. He's got authority over everything. Made him the head of the church, which is us. This is very empowering here. Anybody catching a hold of this? Anybody catching a hold of this? To all things, which is the church. Come on. 23 says this, which is his body. We're the body of Christ. The body of, spiritually, we're the body of Jesus Christ. How many of you know that you can't get up and leave your head sitting in your seat today and go to the bathroom with your body? So spiritually, we're right underneath of Jesus. Are you following me? With this power we're talking about. I'm going to show you this power again in Scripture. Some of you all have already caught on probably. You already know where dunamis power is used again in the Bible. Which is his body, the fullness of him, who fulfills all in all. He fulfills everything for the church, right? Jesus fulfills everything for us through that power, right? Delegated authority we're talking about here. Acts 1 and 8. Y'all know the scripture by heart, right? Every good Pentecostal knows the scripture by heart. But you shall receive power. Uh-oh, there's that word again. Power. This is the Greek word, 1411. The exact same word that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. He says you shall receive it. Think about this. This isn't the original 12 disciples. They were there, but there was four or 500 other people there too. And he's telling them all, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, or you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. I've taught you this before. The end of the earth right there means the last in time or place, right? I believe that we're living in the last of the last days. Those guys that lived back then didn't know there was going to be a United States of America. They didn't know. They didn't know there were going to be some places that there are now. So these are the places that we're supposed to, we're supposed to bring this power to, right? We're supposed to use this power in that's been delegated to us to use it. He calls us his ambassadors. Jesus calls us his ambassadors. Now, if he's our, if he's our, our representative, if he's our example... And, he's, and I'm his ambassador, wouldn't I do what he did, what, what he would do if he was here? Or what he did when he was here? 
And what did he say? He said, heal the sick. Right? He said, free the oppressed. Did he not? He said all these things. Why aren't we doing these things, church? Think about this. You want, to, you want an example of this? Would be, would be Peter, right? Peter was a great example of this. He was one of the disciples. They went in the upper room, and there was several people, several hundred people there. They were in the upper room, and they spoke in tongues. That The Spirit says it comes in, and it set on them as cloven fire came in, and they spoke in tongues, right? The gift of tongues. The same one that Jesus promised. This is in chapter 2 now. Actually, the beginning of chapter, chapter 2, verse 1, it starts talking about this. Um, and they had the gift of tongues that they talked about, Jesus talked about in 1.8, this verse right here. So it goes on in verse, in, in chapter 2, I mean to say, and all nations heard about it. They were having a, a, um, a festival there. It was the Passover festival, I believe it was. They were in a festival there, though, so there was representatives there from all nations. They heard them speaking in tongues, and they came out and said they were drunk. You all know the story. Um, Peter preached to them. They were convicted and convinced, and what happened? 3,000 of them were saved on that day. Think about that. 3,000 people from one message. Why? It wasn't because Peter was a great preacher. Peter was a great preacher, I believe. But it was because of the miracle of speaking in tongues. Think about that. They weren't talking gibberish. They spoke in tongues, and people from every nation heard their native tongue being spoken perfectly by these men who weren't taught in their tongue. It was because of that miracle that the kingdom of God, you get what I'm talking about? That the kingdom of God was added into because of that miracle of tongues. That's what miracles are for. They weren't to make them look good. They weren't, they weren't to set them up with a bigger paycheck. They were for God to get the glory. Are you following me? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Then we're going to read 17 and 18, and then we're going to skip to 20, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Y'all heard this before, right? If you're in Christ, how are you in Christ? When you get saved, you're in Christ, right? You're grafted into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, right? Brand new creation. Old things have passed away. The old man is dead. Behold, all things have become new. We're a brand new creature, right? And 18 says this. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. We're reconciled through the blood of Jesus, right? There's only one way to God, and that's to come through the blood of Christ. Yeah? We agree. Come through the blood of Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So who's in the ministry? I'm a participatory preacher, right? If you all want to get out of here today, I told you I'm going to be brief, but I can go longer. <laughs> who's in the ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. Anyone who believes, right? Anyone who's come through the blood of Jesus. Isn't that what he's saying right here? Anybody who's come through the blood of Jesus and you're, you're a born-again believer, you're in the ministry of reconciliation. And, and verse 20 says this. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. He's called us a, a, an ambassador of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, he's pleading through me, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is what miracles are about. This is what healings are for. Can we say it again? I believe in miracles. I want you to get that down inside you. I believe in miracles. If we get that down inside of us and read about it and study about it, if you really believe in miracles, you really believe they can have in today's time, if you believe that you could pray for someone and they'll be miraculously healed right there in front of your eyes, you think you're not going to dig in and learn about it? Yeah, we would. 
if we really believe it, if we really get it down inside of us. It has to be more than a head knowledge. It has to become a heart knowledge. No matter what we see, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we feel, I believe in miracles. I know these things are going to happen because this says so, because my God says so. And once we've been far enough in this, we'll see some things happen that also boost our faith. Once you've seen a few miracles, it's hard to convince you otherwise. Are you following me? So in Jesus' time and then in his disciples' time, these other 82 men that we're talking about, miracles weren't for fun. They weren't to make them look good. They weren't for them to be lifted up. They weren't. They were to bring men into the kingdom of God. It's, it, we looked at this in Scripture today, right? They were to convince and break down walls, convince and convict people, show people what they were doing wrong. Jesus told the lady at the well. He opened up her mail, told her about her five husbands, right? That was miraculous. No one else could have known that. It had to come from God, right? They're to convict or, or to convince and to break down walls. When people see a healing, when they see a, a, a leper cleansed, they know. They know something is a little above normal here, right? It's a miracle. It can't be explained. So, church, can I tell you today that there are walls in our world that need broken down? Look at the world around us, how twisted and distorted things are how evil people are, right? There are walls that need broken down in our world. Jesus sent you. You're in the ministry. I'm in the ministry. It's not fair to put this all on the pastor or the pastor's wife and say, you've got to pray through everything. When someone needs a healing, you've got, you, you got to pray for it. I, we don't mind doing that. We love doing that. We can join our faith together and do that a lot more effectively. We're the body together. We need you and you need us. We're the body together. It's not fair to put all this on a couple people or the people on the prayer chain or however you do it. We're all in this together. We're all in the ministry of reconciliation. There's going to be a time when someone's sick in your family or, or, or you may need to pray through somebody through or, or, or you need to pray for someone that you can't get a hold of somebody else. It's on you. Think about this. Jesus couldn't reach everybody when he was in the flesh. He wasn't omnipresent. You follow me? So he... he <clears throat> He delegated the authority to us for this reason, to be his ambassadors. Jesus sent us to preach. He sent us to teach. He sent us to heal the sick. He sent us to raise the dead. I'm not saying I've arrived by any means. I've never seen anybody raised from the dead. He sent us to raise the dead. He sent us to cast out demons. Did he not? We saw it in Scripture today. <clears throat> Has he changed his mind? You think God just said, well, that's good enough, boys. You don't have to do that anymore. I already sent my son to die so you could be reconciled. Just sit in your little blue chair and be happy and be blessed until it's time for Jesus to step out. I don't believe that. I don't believe he's changed his mind. I believe he's still calling us to do these things today. So why don't we have the faith to do it? Think about it. Why don't we have the faith to do it? In the Bible, they were healed because of their faith. But our faith just quite isn't up to par today. And I'm not speaking down to anybody. I'm this deals with me, too. We had a Bible study one time, and it went on for a few months, and I've told you all about it several times, and we, and we studied on faith, and we started studying on healings, and we studied on a lot of things, and my faith grew about a thousand times in that Bible study. And through that, we saw some people healed. I'm talking about miraculously healed. People, a lady had had a stroke and couldn't move her right side, and all of a sudden, she's waving her hand in the air. A lady with a broken back, and all of a sudden, she could stand up straight miraculous healings and i'm not saying this to say that i'm anything i'm not the healer god's the healer 
but he just grew my faith that much. He grew our faith that much, not just mine and Brenda's, but the other six or eight people who were in the study together. He grew our faith that much that we could see those kind of things come to fruition. But we don't see that kind of stuff every day. Why not? Why, I mean, why everyone should be healed, not just one once a year or something. That's not the kind of business Jesus is in. Think about this. Sister Tanya's brother, David Galloway, a lot of you all know him. He was healed of leukemia right here in this church. The doctor sat him down and explained to him why he had leukemia, what it was, what it was going to do to him, and how he was going to die of it, how he would die with it. But God had another report. He went back to the doctor, and they couldn't find a trace of it in his body. Gone. Healed. I'm talking about miraculous power. This is dunamis. Dunamis. But if our faith was right, if we'd spend the time to develop our faith, this would work every time. You ever see Jesus in the Bible anywhere pray for somebody and it failed? Think about it. The only time I read that, that, it, that, that someone prayed for someone and it failed in the Bible was with the disciples. And that's because they got busy looking at, at, at what they could see with the outward body and they got into doubt in their faith. And then they, the man's son or the man's dad or the boy's dad brought the, brought the boy to Jesus and Jesus said, oh, you have little faith. And then he goes and heals the boy. It was, it was hinged on their faith, right? Stephen Dennis, sitting back there, our youth pastor, he was healed of Crohn's disease. Not inside the church, but he was in a hospital for the symptoms of, some of the symptoms were Crohn's when you were in there, right? He was hospitalized over it. Not in very good shape. <laughs> and we went and prayed for him. Not that it was me or Brenda. We went and prayed. It, it's the power of God. God's the one that does the healing. Me and Brenda went and prayed for him, and he was healed from Crohn's. Crohn's is an incurable disease, if you hear the doctors say it. How long has it been now, brother? Since you... Two years with no medicine. <laughs> Dunamis power. Give God a hand. I'm talking about dunamis power. Now, he took medicine before, and I believe in doctors. I'm not telling you don't go to the doctor. It depends on where our faith is at. If your faith isn't, isn't up here yet to, to be able to believe in a healing, hey, I go to the doctor. That's, why, that's part of the reason I stay at Ford for the insurance, right? Doctors can't, doctors can't cure you anyway. Doctors treat the symptoms. Their medications treat the symptoms. When Brother Stephan had, when he was diagnosed with Crohn's, the medication they gave him treated the symptoms for Crohn's. It didn't cure Crohn's, right? When you have a headache, you take a Tylenol, it treats the symptoms. It takes the swelling down, take the, or whatever it does, dilates your blood vessels or, or thins your blood or whatever it does, and, and treats the symptoms. It doesn't cure the root, right? God cures at the source. This dunamis power cures at the source that you're healed completely. He's not treating symptoms. He heals, you, he heals you completely and totally, right? Everybody should be healed when they come into the church. When they, when, when, not when they just come into the church, when you pray for them, when I pray for them. If our faith, if we take the time to develop our faith, our faith right, they would all be healed. Think about this. Think about it. Jesus didn't say sometimes. He didn't say, well, maybe. He didn't. Imagine what the church would look like if we take the time to develop our faith. Imagine what our family would look like if we take the time to develop our faith. Imagine what this town or, or our country would look like if the church, I'm not just talking about Grace Family, I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ would take the time to develop our faith to where it should be. Think about what we'd look like. Every Bible-preaching church would be filled to the brim, right? <clears throat> we'd be on the news tonight. I'm not talking about little miracles. I'm talking about miracles of God, dunamis power. I'm talking about if people are regrowing arms. Are you following me? Dead were being raised. 
Do we believe in this? I believe in miracles. I believe in healing. I believe these things are totally possible. And we doubt them because we haven't seen them, because we haven't taken the time to develop our faith. <clears throat> Life gets a hold of us, right? If this would happen, if we would, <clears throat> if the church would take the time to develop their faith, we'd all have to quit our jobs. We would. The church would be flooded with people coming in all the time, wanting prayer, wanting us to pray for them. Are you following me? They'd be coming all the time, wanting us to pray for them. You think I'm, you think I'm full of it? The 12 disciples quit their jobs, didn't they? When Jesus called them to follow him and he sent them out to, to pray and to, and to preach and do all those things, they didn't ever go back to their job again. So if you really hate your job, develop your spirit. <laughs> but think about that, though. Think about how powerful this would be. Could we go ahead and, and just pray today? I'm going to pray with you in just a second, but I want to tell you what I'm going to do next week first. Or next week on Wednesday is the men's and women's meeting. But then we have two in a row that are going to be the regular church in here. And I, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to put the announcements. I want everybody to bring your Bible. Start bringing your Bible to church. I know we have Bibles in the seats, but there's a good reason I want you to bring your Bible. I want you to be able to write in that thing. And I don't want you to write in the ones in the back of the chairs. They belong to the church, right? They were donated to the church. But you need to be able to write in your, in your Bible. I ordered all of you all a highlighter today so that you could highlight in your Bibles, a Bible highlighter, a good ones that does, don't write through the paper. I, wrote, I ordered this morning. Supposed to be here by Wednesday. I hope they're here on time. But I also want you to bring your own Bibles because we're going to study this together. I want you to read it in your own Bible that you have a firsthand experience. And if everyone would bring your own Bible, we'll have a lot of different translations here. It'll help get us a better understanding, right? So start bringing your Bibles all the time, but you're going to need to have them on Wednesday nights because I'm going to call on you sometime, right? We're, we might be in groups of two. I'm not sure exactly how it's going to work yet, but we're going to study these things out. We're going to learn more about these things. I'm going to have to drill it into your head if I need to, right? I need more of it too. I'm not saying just you, but we're going to get a firsthand experience of this. We're going to learn why Jesus said these things. We're going to learn about our faith. Anybody game for that? I want to be part of a powerful church, a church that sees these miracles, a church that sees these healings, a church that's, that's involved in, in having people's lives change radically for the better, seeing families change radically, right? So healing's a gift of the Spirit, right? Healing's a gift of the Spirit, and faith is a gift of the Spirit, right? So can we pray to God today? In closing, I'm not going to call anybody out. I know this affects everyone else. Nobody in here is faced where it should be. If it was, I would have seen you raise somebody from the dead by now. I'm serious. It sounds funny, but I'm serious. We would see dead raised. We would see blind people walking. I mean, we'd see blind people have their sight back. We'd see crippled people walking. You get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. I misspeak sometimes. I don't know about until I listen to the podcast, but my wife tells me, hey, you messed up today. But y'all get where I'm going with this. So can we pray today? Just, just give it to God and say, Lord, just pray this prayer. I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray too. Lord, just use me today. Use me as you see fit. Lord, give me a firsthand experience with miracles. I know that I realize now that I'm called into the ministry. I know that I'm called into the ministry. I can pray for people. Any of y'all can pray for people, right? If we had the boldness to step out in public and pray for people, what might happen? Think about it. It's for God's glory. It's to add people to the kingdom. So what if you don't get it the first time? You didn't lose anything. Think about it. Also, when you're developing your faith, we're going to talk about this later, but when you're developing your faith, 
You need, to, you need to meet your faith where it's at, too. Meaning that don't start off trying to raise somebody from the dead. Are you following me? Start off praying for something lesser. And then build that faith up through your first-hand experience, through seeing a few other miracles. Let me tell you what, when I saw someone with a broken back healed, hey, my faith jumped way up. That allows me to pray for something a little bigger. Are you following me? When I see a lady who's obviously had a stroke, I knew the lady personally, had a stroke and couldn't move her right side, and see her do this and then raise her hand up and wave it around, you can't convince me otherwise. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. I'm just saying, we've got to start here somewhere. We've got to learn to walk before we can learn to run. Because if you try to take off running, you're going to fall. You're going to skin yourself up. And you may be less apt to try to walk, right? So let's ask God today to use us, can we? Ask him to use us. Ask him to give us those gifts of healing. Ask us to give us those gifts of faith. That faith, can you imagine the gift of faith that comes from the Spirit? spirit? That's a different kind of faith than we have already that he's given us that we're developing, right? That's a supernatural kind of faith that comes from the Spirit. Ask him to give us that faith. Ask him to use us, not for selfish reasons, but for his glory to add our families to the kingdom, to add people to our job sites to the kingdom, whoever he sees. Ask him to open up doors for us, right? That we're not trying to kick them down, but he's opening them up. He's making ways for us to minister to people in this, in this ministry of reconciliation, right? Can we pray that today? Father, we love you, Daddy, and we thank you, Lord, and I just thank you for your valuable word, Lord. And I, I pray that you would just touch your people today, Lord. Touch your church today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would minister to us, Father God, that it would come through us, show through us, Father God, into other people, Lord. I pray that you would give us a real understanding, Lord, of healings, Lord, of, of raising someone from the dead, Father God, of, of casting out demons, Father. Lord, I pray that you would show us these things, Father God, on our levels, Lord, but continue to mature us, Lord, to bring us along, Father. I pray that you would use this local church, Jesus, use this local church, Jesus to grow your kingdom, Lord, to bring people into your kingdom. Father, we also pray for the churches around this town, Lord, across this nation, Father God, around the world, Lord, that they would get a hold of your word, Father God, and show these miracles off, Father, for your glory, Daddy, that, that your kingdom is added to, Lord, that heaven is added to because of these things, Lord, not for selfish reasons, Lord, not that we want to look good or be lifted up or, or, or our church look good or be lifted up, Father God, or, or financial gain, Daddy, but for your glory, Father. We pray these things to you in Jesus' name, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would keep us humble, Father. Draw us near to you, Daddy. Lord, cause us to dig into this word this week, Lord. Show us new things, Father God. Light a fire inside of us that we cannot contain, Daddy. Lord, we pray this to you in Jesus' name, Father. Lord, I pray that you would keep us safe today spiritually. Keep us safe today physically, Father God, financial, Lord, in every way, Lord. Bring us back here at our next appointed time, Lord, with visitors, Lord. Grow your kingdom right here in Excelsior Springs. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Daddy. Amen.